Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Comic Kaiser Show. It's great to have you here, and it's great to have yet another, I guess, amazing guest on the show. You know, obviously, he's great. Uh, today, our guest is coming to us from Bell Fountain, Ohio. It's spelled Bella Fontaine, but, you know, Bell Fountain's how it's said. He is a current senior at Calvary Christian School, right? You haven't, you haven't, I guess, walked yet. I'm not really sure what they would yeah. do on that. Okay. All right, so still currently attending school from home. Uh, this gentleman, uh, during his time there, he uh, played soccer, was even a captain. How fancy-schmancy. Uh, ba basketball and even competes in track and field. So got all the sports down in my right. I'm sure there's a few I missed. Um, currently, uh, to my understanding, he's planning to attend Cedarville University in the fall of 2020 if they're actually open to study physical science education and hopefully run track. Uh, he is the younger brother of Andrew and Tyler Reinhardt. For those who may may not know them, they are episode 19. Uh, me and this gentleman right here, we've talked, I think, what, three times before? But I still think that this can be a pretty engaging conversation. Uh, sometimes not knowing people can actually make it more interesting. So we'll see how this plays out. So I'd like to introduce everybody to Garrett Reinhardt. So Garrett, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. My pleasure. My pleasure. Are you ready for the warm-up? I think I am. You think you are? <laughs> All right. Excellent. So let's start off the warm-up with an audience question. And this audience question is coming to us from Stephen Mattingly. And Stephen here is asking, who's more annoying, Tyler or Andrew? So speaking of your brothers, so which one's more annoying? Um... Depends on the day, really. They both have their moments, but right, in general, I get along pretty well with my brothers. All right, so what about today? Today, Andrew's been gone all day. He's with a friend, <laughs> so and I don't really talk to Tyler all that much. But Gotcha. Is he with a friend or is he with a friend? He's with, he's just with one of his friends from back uh, home. It's not, oh, it's not his friend. Mind. But if you're asking me who's annoyed me the most recently... I would have to say I've gotten annoyed with uh, Andrew the most recently. I got annoyed with him. Fair enough. That's okay. I totally get that. Andrew's kind of annoying me too right now because <laughs> next, my next audience question is from Andrew Reinhardt. So I'd I'd be impressed if you knew this, but it's the the balls in your court on this one, Garrett. Andrew is asking how much did Wade get in the scholarship money? Enough. Enough. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I, was, I saw that. I was like, I mean, okay. Uh, I don't know if he's <laughs> referring to track or just in general. He didn't really clarify his statement there, so I thought that was kind of uh, short-sighted. But, you know, that's okay. <laughs> All right, so next question. What, what what would you say is your claim to fame, Garrett? My claim to fame? Uh, I think it depends on who you ask. Probably the thing that my most notable achievements. Um, I did pretty well on the ACT. That's probably my academic thing, but with sports, a lot of people know me because I'm the twins' younger brother, so that's probably my claim to fame around here, like locally and stuff. But, oh, really? Are your brothers like celebrities yeah. or something? Well, no, it was just the fact that they were twins and they both did like long jump, high jump, and track, So, and they were both good at like soccer and basketball, so... There'll be people that are like, oh, you're their younger brother. And I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm, yep. Yep, that's how I'm known around here. So, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. There's uh, something with twins. They have like a double, like 
people know them twice as much maybe i don't know no. i wouldn't know um all right <laughs> yeah so wait how'd you do on your act you said apparently it was decent yeah it was pretty good i got a 35 but i hate like, you i i only say that i got like i say i do that well because I, i'm a fast reader that's honestly that's something i did well like nice. i'm not smarter than anyone else i'm just i'm able to read fast and that kind mm. of was what got me through because I never finished a section without answering all the questions. Mm. Have you ever been pistol whipped before? No. Okay. Well, after hearing 35, that's what I want to do to you. But, you know, that's all good. <laughs> um, where would you say is the farthest you've ever felt from home? Um, probably when I was in, in Washington, D.C., my eighth grade year. Like, oh. every other time that I've traveled, like, pretty far. I've been with like a lot of my family, at least a couple of them. But when I was in DC, it was just me and my dad. And even then, like he was with the parents most of the time. So I was just with my friends. And then by the end of that week, I was like, I just want to get home because I miss, I miss being home. Gotcha. Was it like that standard eighth grade DC trip that everyone, well, not everyone goes on, but most people go on. Yeah, it was, it was just, but with a smaller class, we were able to do a lot more things, I think. Gotcha. What year, what, like, calendar year would you have been in eighth grade? 2015-16. Oh yeah, 2015-16. Gotcha. So everything was going down then. All right. Um. So fill in the blank on the <laughs> – fill in the blank here. Bill Cosby is – uh sweaters i guess i don't really know <laughs> I, I didn't really know what to expect on that one i just that's, that's mr oh. rogers that wears sweaters but honestly i thought of mr rogers when i thought of bill cosby so i mean i guess bill cosby has worn a sweater before so <laughs> i mean done a few other things too but hey you know i'm sure he's worn, <laughs> worn a sweater so what are some small things that make your day better um good breakfast i always like eating a good breakfast give me an example probably of a the good first breakfast thing. cinnamon toast crunch when we don't have cinnamon toast crunch at home i have bad days that's a good example okay i mean that's a decent example but okay <laughs> and then other things i would say you know, just being able to see friends is pretty nice but i haven't been able to do that for a while when's the last time you've seen everybody uh, like three or four Mondays ago, whenever our last day of school was. Ew. All right. All right, so now we're getting more into uh, heavy guest question territory. So I had a few guests who had multiple questions, so I'm just going to put them all right here. So these next few come from someone I know back at home. Her name's Hallie Cole. So uh, first one is, which is better, Cedar Point or Disney World? Um. I would probably prefer Disney World. I haven't been there in a really long time, but I've heard like recently they've added a bunch of cool stuff. That sounds about right. Have you been to Cedar Point recently? Uh, I think last year or two years ago. I don't remember. Mm, gotcha. I get that in Kings Island mixed up. <laughs> you seen one? You seen them all? I guess. Have you ever been to Disneyland before? Out in California? This, no, I have not. Oh, it's a good time. All right. What do you have a favorite movie line slash quote? This is from her as well. Um, movie, no, but TV show, yes. I love from The Office. It's kind of a sentimental quote, especially now. But Andy Bernard says, "I wish there was a time, a way to know that you're in the good old days before they're gone, or something like that." I don't oh, know. I've always liked that. 
how reminiscent of our modern era. Nice quotation yeah. there. All right, last one from this person. If you had to go out to eat with a famous person, who would it be and why? You can say Wade Kaiser if you'd like. <laughs> uh, a famous person? I'd probably want to go out to eat with, like, uh, Johnny Bench. He's a baseball player from back in the 70s. Oh, I was just about to be like, I have no idea who that is. So, yeah, baseball I don't play. know. I, I really liked, like, the team. He was on the Cincinnati Reds in the 70s, and, like, oh. I read a lot about that team. So, and he's kind of like the player that I like the most. So, I don't know. I just want to meet him. Do you read a lot? Uh, I used to, not as much anymore. Oh, I was about to ask if you've read the entire Bible. I have done that, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at this kid. Uh, okay, nice. Most people I ask that say no. That's actually kind of impressive. All right. Next, oh my gosh, this per I don't even know who this is. This person has like five questions. I was like, I don't even know who you are. Uh, Jonathan, oh boy, Salmon, Salmon, Wits, S-A-L-M-O-N-O-W-I-C. What is it? Samanowitz. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to call him freaking Salmon, all right? He can't... He has like a million questions. So freaking <laughs> salmon here. When, if first, if salmon's first question is, when will you have your life figured out? Uh, probably before, right before it ends. Right before it ends. That's pretty early, if you ask me. But hey, you know that makes one of us. Good <laughs> for you. Good for you. Uh, salmon's next question is just why. I assume it had to do with the other one, but the way he submitted it just said why. So. Let's just say why, you know. Um, why? Because, you know, I don't know. That's that's a pretty broad question. There's a lot of ways I could answer it. Well, of course, but let's answer it in one <laughs> way. How about that? Uh, why I won't have my life figured out? I don't know. Because there's so many different things. And by the time I'm about to die, I'll be laying in my bed for like hours on end. So I'll that's be able to figure it out by then. Wow, so yeah, you actually well, think I you're going to make it that far? The corona's not going <laughs> to get you? I hope not. <laughs> mm. well, well, kudos to you for thinking that you can make it that far. I'm probably <laughs> going to wind up dead in a ditch or a bullet in the back of my head, so we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Salmon's next question is, chicken nuggets or wings and why? These whys. Uh, nuggets because I don't like boned wings that much anyway, so like it's basically what? chicken nugget either way, so... Uh, weenie. And they're they're easier to dip if like the sauce isn't on them. Nuggets are easier to dip, I think. I'll give you that. Still a weenie. All <laughs> right. Sam's next question is introvert or extrovert? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm an extrovert. You, know? you think so? I have my days. I have my days where I like. I would say I tend toward introverted, but for the most part, I'm definitely an extrovert. No, oh, I say don't you be pulling this ambivert crap. So you're an extrovert. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay, Salmon's last question. What came first, the chicken or the ability to ask stupid questions? For John specifically, probably the ability to ask stupid questions. But in general, I would say the chicken probably came first. Well, prove it. Well, you know, uh, the chicken was created before people, so that's, that's all I got mm. to say about it. Interesting. All right. Got ourselves a creationist. I love it. Yeah, I uh, 
I would have, yeah, I would have answered it that way too. I'd have been like, well, I mean, if you want to get biblical, I mean, God created everything in what Genesis one and two, and then three, Satan kind of slides into Eve's DMs and is like asking stupid questions. So that would that would be where I'd say the stupid questions start. So, but yeah, kudos to you for going that route, I guess. All right, speaking of creation and God, sometimes I like to ask this one. If you were to stand before God right now, what would be the dumbest question you'd ask him? So you know how like you have those lists of questions, you're like, I just want to ask him this. So what would you say is a dumb question you might ask him? I would probably ask him if, uh, if I could have the ability to walk on water too or something stupid like that. That is a pretty stupid question. All right. I'm kidding. Well, kind That's eh, okay. <laughs> Well, I'd already be dead, so like there'd be no point for me to ask it, but I'd still want to know. I still want to. No, you don't think there's going to be water in heaven? Well, I don't know. Unless you're wanting to go the hell route, then maybe you can walk on the lake of fire. But, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's my conspiracy question. Is coronavirus a biological plot from the Chinese government to get a leg up on the U.S. while it's dealing with it? Uh, I don't know enough about it. I haven't looked into it enough. Um, but I've definitely heard the conspiracy theories like that. Okay. I'm one that I won't I won't say yes or no until you like, weenie. after the fact. Oh but my yes. gosh. Oh man. Sometimes you gotta pull the trigger, Garrett. You gotta pull the trigger. But also <laughs> in this case it's fair. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean their people are probably just living their lives, but mm, the government. government, I think the government could have done a better job of like not only just reporting on the numbers now, mm, looking at you, Wuhan, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, you could also say other people, other countries, the W uh, who or WHO could have done a better job. You could say a lot of things. So eh. yeah. Oh well. All right. Final question of the warm up. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Um, the best compliment I've ever received. Um, one of the teach, one of my teachers told me, well, I guess he didn't directly tell me. He told someone about me that I'm one of like the most, I don't remember exactly how I phrased it, but basically like I had good character is kind of what he said, but I don't know. That's probably it. Mm, and gotcha. he's a teacher that I really look up to. So it meant a lot coming from Who's me. the teacher? Or am I not allowed um, to ask? Mr. Glink. No, that's fine. his name is Mr. Glink. He's our science teacher. Mr. Glink. Okay, well, there you go. You like it when people are talking, not crap behind your back, but talking good things behind your back. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Usually people talk crap behind and in front of me, so I, I wouldn't understand. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, yeah, it's a good feeling. All right, well, that's all I got for the warm-up here, Garrett. So give yourself a pat on the back. Congratulations, you survived the warm-up. So now you can tell your friends or tell them to listen to this. Um, that being said, we're going to take a, qu a quick, brief commercial break so we can mention our sponsor, and we'll be back to hear more about Garrett Reinhardt. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's great to still have you here. It's still great to have Garrett here. Uh, going to kind of dive deeper into kind of – I guess Garrett has an individual and kind of where we're all at right now. Good conversation. So starting off, Garrett, I want to start with an audience question. This one comes from my sister, Morgan Kaiser. She's asking, what is your take on the corona crisis? How has it affected you personally? Um, for me, 
I think the biggest thing that it did was basically like it kind of took away the end of my senior year, like without warning almost. Like, obviously, we all knew it was kind of a dangerous thing, but we didn't. I personally didn't think the U.S. would be as affected as it is. You know, I kind of thought it would be just like a smaller thing, but um, we were actually like the weekend that all the schools got canceled and stuff, like that Friday that got announced, we were actually supposed to have a play, our school play the next day. Like, I was going to be in it and stuff. No. So all well, this all this stuff just got like canceled really quick. What were you saying? No, nothing. Go on, go on. I'll ask it later. Go on. Oh yeah. So all this stuff kind of just got canceled really quick, and then we had like two track practices, and then track got postponed indefinitely, and then um, just yesterday schools got canceled for the rest of the year, which means track is canceled for the rest of the year. So just all these different things that you know I was looking forward to a senior prom. I was looking forward to couple field trips like our class was going to take to cedar point and doing a cadaver lab for anatomy class like we were going to do some cool stuff but um with being stuck at home we're not able to anymore so gotcha what was the play gonna be oh it's like it's a it's called who done it and to whom it's like not a it's uh, not like a popular one i guess but i've never pretty- heard of it well what character were you gonna play were you gonna be the lead or like the person who got murdered <laughs> no, I was uh, I was the pizza guy. I was the one of the criminal sons. I was like a oh. a, a medium role. Gotcha, yeah. medium roles. Those are the one. Those are the best roles. Like whenever I did theater, <laughs> I was always the role that had one line, and that was it. So you get you, the medium <laughs> roles are nice because you you get to get involved in the show enough to be actually involved and have an impact, but you also can like do other things as well. So like, well, yeah. I was gonna say track, but. Well, so I guess kind of just, I'm just curious, kind of give us a timeline of how, I guess, Corona affecting you and your community. Kind of just, let's start from, I guess, day, okay, Corona, I'm kind of hearing about it, to, all right, now it's actually shutting things down to where we're at. Kind of just describe the atmosphere of, at school and life d- before, during, and after Corona yeah, tore so, it apart. So, like, you know, the beginning of March, it was kind of one of those things like, oh, there's cases in New York, L.A., all that stuff. But, you know, we're a Midwest state. Stuff doesn't get here very often anyway. So our, we have a teacher who's like, he keeps us up with current events pretty well. And he's talking about it and all this stuff. He's basically like, you know, just kind of keeping us updated on it. And he was talking about it for like the next week. It's like all the cases keep rising a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And so um, it honestly like i don't think very many people thought of it as a threat just because you know it seemed so far away that um we didn't really see it as a problem and then that weekend where dewine kind of announced that schools were closing for the three weeks like honestly i hadn't even thought about the fact that that might happen because there was in ohio there's only like three cases up north northeast like there's nothing even close to us so it was like why are we closing if there's no cases and even still i think our county had like barely any like it doesn't have obviously it's still a threat but like our county really doesn't have all that much are you logan county so, yeah logan county okay go on and so um you know that week when schools got canceled it was kind of one of those things of like oh three weeks and then we'll be back like whatever it's the next in spring break it's going to be kind of boring but we'll be back in three weeks and then um the days just keep getting pushed back pushed back and you see the stock market start to fall and you're like oh my goodness what's happening and so actually the coronavirus has a huge impact on like our community because um, our community kind of there's a honda plant pretty close 
And that's where most of the jobs in our community come from. But that Honda plant actually had to start like uh, sending people home. Mm-hmm. So not being able to produce cars and having people be unemployed is like having a going to have a big lasting impact. And then all the small businesses downtown, um, they kind of just got started up a couple of years ago and now they're going to have to go through this, you know, kind of oh, yeah. stinks for them, but it's just, everyone's going through it right now. So it's a nasty thing. Where is the Honda plant? Is that the one in Marysville by chance or yeah, there's a Marysville, okay. there's an East Liberty and there's, uh, I think it's Anna or something like that. Okay. I've been to one of those before. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, Okay, so yeah, it's but definitely kind of shutting things down and all that. Um, when when's the first time you heard about Corona? Just curious, like March or February, January maybe. Can you repeat the question? Sorry, when's, you were breaking up a little bit. Oh, totally fair, totally fair. Um, when's the first time you've heard of Corona? It was probably early February, late January. Early like February. I said, that teacher kind of kept us updated. So, like as soon as there was a, like a death in China, and I. I knew about it because, like, I follow basketball a lot. And the Chinese basketball <laughs> yes. season had shut down in, in January yes. or whatever. So, like, I kind of knew about it because of that. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Yeah. China definitely has been hit by it hard. I uh, was actually talking to someone on this podcast back in January, and that's when I learned about it because my guest was living in China or is. So it's just kind of weird how, like, over there everything shut down about January. Um, I think they're starting to open things up around this time. Uh in April. Um, so hopefully that's a good sign for us that if the yeah. literally where its source is from is getting over it, that means uh, we'll be getting over it soon-ish. Yeah, that's the hope. <laughs> that's the hope. So describe the atmosphere at your school as Corona was basically everyone's getting sent home, like the news of, hey, guys, like, don't come in tomorrow. Like, how how was that? Yeah, so like I said, it was a, I think a Friday or Thursday, I don't know, I still remember, but that's fine. We were told we would have that next Monday to like uh, be our last day of school, really. So that Friday, we didn't know till after school had ended, and our administrator was actually still there, so we were able to talk with him a little bit about it. Um, kind of like really disappointing and sad. I don't think anyone was really happy to be going home. Like a lot of times, you hear kids are like, "Yay, I'm so excited to not be at school," <laughs> but that wasn't the case. I don't think because especially among like with the high schoolers, we kind of realized what it meant. And like, it's not just, we're going home for no reason. Like it's a serious reason why we're going home. Like it's not something to be joking about because, you know, obviously people are going to be dying from this. And we need to be doing all that we can to stay safe. But so it was kind of like a summer mood. Monday came around and it was really nice. The teachers kind of just let us kind of reminisce as seniors, like look back, and kind of just make, make the most of the time that we had. Um, even if we were preparing to like go online, that was kind of what the day was preparing to go online and then just kind of hanging out as a class, which was really nice. So I, I enjoyed that a lot. Gotcha. So have you seen, I mean, I think you said last time you've seen most of those people had, was that Monday, right? You haven't seen anybody since then, like physically. Yeah. So yeah, we have like a meeting today online, but for the most part, I don't think I've, I mean, I've seen. Uh, a couple people from my class here and there, and I've had a couple, like, we've seen each other, but for the most part, I haven't seen very many people. Gotcha. How many people are in your, or how many people are in your graduating class? Uh, we have 16 people. 16. Wow. There you go. All right. Still, I mean, you, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. that sucks. Um, I guess I graduated 39, so who am I to judge? Um, so with commencement, 
what what are we doing here? Are they going to do that online? They going to wait till a while, or do you know what the plan is for that? Yeah, so that was actually what our meeting was about today with our uh, principal. He basically was like, "If you guys want to do online, we can." And we all kind of like didn't we didn't want to. So his idea was basically to postpone it till the first weekend in August, because by that time uh, it'll be like the week after basically everyone's done with their jobs and the week before we leave for college. So kind of a good time to do it. And hmm. uh, so that's the plan right now is doing it during August. Gotcha. Are you still going to have a graduation party? That's the hope. And if I have one, it would obviously be later in the summer too. But um, that's the difficult thing is you can't really like send out <laughs> invites because you don't know when, <laughs> when it's, it's going to all clear up. Like you don't want to spend money to send out invites for the middle of July. And by the time July comes around, we're still not able to do it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you don't know when things are going to open up. And I think it's a state-by-state state thing anyway, so yeah. it's complicated. Did anybody by chance <laughs> did, did anybody send their invites out before it broke out? And they're like, oh, shoot. I mean, it's pretty early to send them out. But Actually, yeah. Like two, oh, really? Two of the kids in our class did. Oh, they texted in, our, in a, a class group chat, and they were like, uh, yeah, so the date's going to be changing on that. And we're like, okay, we figured. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that's that's hilarious. I, I didn't even think about that till we started talking. I was like, "Wait, graduation parties? What are they gonna do?" Oh, that's yeah. funny, but sucks. But you know, so with all that, uh, how about the other students? Are they uh, are they certain they're gonna actually be able to start in August? Or because I'd still be concerned. Like, am I still gonna be doing this Zoom online stuff when it comes August? Yeah, um, I honestly don't know. From from what I've heard, that's it fair. sounds like the school will be going back um being like a private school technically we're not chart like the state can't tell us to shut down but as like a good guideline and like showing kind sure. of being a christian you know being a christian school it we're going to respect the authority of the government so what the government says we're obviously going to do um but you know the general feeling i think is that we'll be back in school by then but the nice thing is if we do have to do online They've done it for two or three months, so it wouldn't be as, as rough of a transition, I don't think. Sure, yeah. And, I mean, even even like, even like, if by chance your private school was not affiliated with any sort of faith that acknowledged uh, uh, or, uh, adhering to government guidelines, uh, still it would just be probably wouldn't be very wise because say you do open and then you get a case broken out you know the media is going to be all over that so yeah. it's just one of those eh, just play it safe you know who you don't need the bad pr especially these days because everyone's looking for a, a bad guy to jump all over so um okay that and then uh college there so you're uh was that true was, was that an accurate statement that you're actually planning on going to cedarville Right. Uh, can you repeat that again? Sorry, you cut out one more time. My gosh, this signal's terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Gosh, no, it's fine. It's all good. I said, were you still planning on attending Cedarville University in the fall of 2020? Yeah, so the plan right now, I actually have a summer job lined up, and right now the plan is to still go through with that. Um, the problem is it's in Michigan, and as you probably know, Ew. the Michigan governor's kind of being very, 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 very crazy right now. Yes. So uh, that's not looking like it'll happen, but still my plan as of right now. Like but, what kind of job uh, we so, talk? Oh, go on. I'll be working at a summer camp, so like I'll be, I'd just be a counselor at a summer camp. So Ooh. if if they're not allowed to run it, obviously I'm not going to. 
but right now, yeah, I'm planning on going to college in the fall still. Um, that's yeah. that's the hope. And you have your major picked out yet? Yeah, so um, it's going to be either physical science or comprehensive science education. <laughs> it kind of just depends on when I get there because uh, physical science, I can only teach physics, chemistry, that stuff. Comprehensive, I could teach any like science 7th to 12th grade. So that would just give me a lot more versatility, I guess, as a teacher. What is that crunching sound? What are you doing? Are, are you, like, eating something? No, I'm walking around outside. Walking around? What, you can't stay still for a second? I mean, okay, whatever. No, I that's can't. Uh, okay, that's fine. Just walk around. Um, we're, Well, I'm sorry. that The walking around threw me off for a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I remember. So online classes... Um. I don't know. I, I haven't. I, I didn't get quite to. I didn't quite get to experience the online Zoom classmosphere. Um, see, I just made that word up right there. Classmosphere. Pat myself on the back. Um, like how? I don't know. Like, is it awkward? Is it cool? I, I just. I've never had a online class like that before. So what? What? How is it? Yeah. So for the most part, I'm actually only doing one class like that. So I'm in the calculus and physics. Those are both pretty Ew. independent. You know, he's just giving us like assignments to do and we Gross. do them okay. and he'll just send lectures out. So the class I'm doing Zoom for is anatomy and like uh. it's, it's whatever, you know, it's like because, you know, we're all just there, but we don't really want to like ask about anatomy. We'd rather just talk about anything, but we have to talk about anatomy. Sure. So it's not necessarily awkward. It's just like, it's just a weird thing because, you know, you don't want to be doing school when you're at home anyway gotcha so if you're like looking at anatomy lessons and you're like looking at say male or female anatomy if you get what i'm saying and then your parents <laughs> and then your parents walk in they're like bruh you watching porn <laughs> no it's my class <laughs> <laughs> well i haven't had that happen yet so we're good no or, or no poor poor little abigail or how old is abigail she's uh 14 oh she can handle it just kidding you probably shouldn't be looking at anatomy like that um so <laughs> so do you really get to socialize with people in the class or is it just the teacher talking the whole time and just kind of awkwardly sit there and take it uh you know uh you cut out one more time so can you repeat that? well maybe maybe if you weren't walking around i wouldn't cut out as much wi-fi is terrible do i socialize with my class much Oh, so you did hear me? Yes. Uh, do you so in your class? Do you socialize with people much in the actual classroom setting, or is it just a teacher's like, "All right, welcome to class, no passing notes or whatever"? I, I just I don't know how the the chemistry is within that classroom setting. Um, you know, for the most part, it's just we do class, but uh, our teacher gets off on rabbit trails quite a bit. So we use that as an opportunity to socialize. So like you talking like bunny rabbit anatomy trails or like, what are we talking about here? He he just talks about anything and everything. It, it doesn't have to do with anatomy. We can ask him to tell a story from high school and he'll tell us a good old story. So that's is always that, fun. Is that any different from the normal classroom setting? Uh, absolutely not. He would do that anyway. So okay. it works out. Gotcha, because I know there's those teachers, and I know them as well. Just where you know, you ju you know which teachers you can kind of get off track, and you know which teachers are pretty straightforward. So I wasn't sure if he was one of those or not. 
Um, I'm sure he's a great dude. I'm sure he's a great dude, but, you know, just curious. <laughs> um, so people, like, inside your family, how about your siblings? I, I don't know how the college with your brothers, the other high school with your younger brother and sister. Uh, before we go into that, actually give us a, a rundown on your family and who, who, are, the, who are the major players here. Uh, my family, I think, has adjusted pretty well to it. Just, you know, I think the twins are probably have the hardest time just because they're in college and they're doing higher level education. But for the most part, my younger siblings are having a pretty good time with it, too. Mm. All right. So who's everybody in your family? Like, who's the mom? Who's the dad? And, like, who are your siblings? Give our audience some so, context. My dad, his name is Lee. He's, uh, you know... He's an engineer at Honda. My mom, her name is Courtney. She's actually a teacher at Calvary. She's a K-4 teacher, so, like, she doesn't have to do anything with this. She just sent home packets, and, like, she'll check in with her kids every once in a while. And then my two older brothers, like you said, are Andrew and Tyler. They're twins, and they're sophomores in college. And I have a younger brother named Isaac. He's a sophomore in high school. And the youngest are named Abigail, who's an eighth grader. Eighth grade. All right. They grow up so fast. So wait, you mentioned Honda. You said your dad is at Honda. Is that why you're saying they were laying off people? Yeah. So like, obviously him being there, like I I know a little bit more than most people, but it's even like oh. in the local news. It's, it's pretty. Not that I know more, but like I. I, <laughs> I got. I I understand what you're saying. I'm just giving you a hard time. All right. But uh, yeah. I guess your mom is still technically employed, right? She hasn't been laid off or anything. Yeah. So she's still a teacher, but. Like, her school year will actually end, I think, next week or two weeks from now anyway, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, looking at this situation as a whole, so gauging the current situation and kind of thinking many years into the future. So, currently, we are going through a very interesting time in history. I do not think in any time in U.S. history have we closed down things to the extent in which we have I mean, maybe during, like, the Civil War, they probably closed a lot of stuff, but, you know, that's, I don't know. But anyway, to the extent that it's been closed down and so rapidly, like, I I didn't hear of COVID-19 until 2020. You didn't either. Uh, this disease kind of came out of nowhere and just kind of shut everything down. And this is something that we'll look back on many years later from now, well, if we live that long, and see this as being um, taking part in a major historical event. Am I cutting out again? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, but my gosh. I think I caught it. That's okay. My audience can hear, so that's all that matters, right? So, what would you, would you say? Do you think this is going to be kind of something that's worth it in the long run? Of hey, hey kids, hey everybody. Whenever I was this age, I my high school year got like my senior year got ruined from Corona. Like, do you think that'll be worth what is going on right now? Um, I mean, obviously we're missing out on so much. I don't know if it'll be worth it, but. I'll definitely be using this as like an opportunity because um, I'm planning on being a high school teacher. And, you know, there's a lot of high schoolers are like, oh, I just wish I could be out of school. And like, I can obviously share from experience. It's not as fun as it sounds being out of school. Mm. You, know, you miss out on a lot of stuff. And so I think I can use this as like a learning tool and just an experience from my life that I can use to be more relatable to the high school students. Gotcha. So, what would you say is some advice you might have for some students who are going to return to an educational environment that has been plagued by corona? Um, I would just say to take advantage of the days that you have at the school that you have. Even if it's not a perfect environment, it's still, I guess, what you got. And so you can be thankful for it, even if 
it may not be perfect because um, we're not promised tomorrow. So, like, obviously, I wasn't expecting to not be back at school. So if I could go back, I would just take advantage of the time I had with the friends that I had um, and just be more appreciative of the teacher friends, I think. So I would just say to be uh, thankful and take advantage of the days. Hmm. All right. Sounds good to me. Take advantage of your days. You never know when your last one will be your last one. I like it. So, let's shift gears a bit. I want to got some few religious-y type questions in my audience, so I assume that gives me the indication to go down that route. So, with Corona going around, what is your current opinion on God right now? Um. So... God uh, obviously has a plan for this. And I think that one thing that I've been really, um, something that I learned just pretty recently, and I, I think it's really profound to think about, is when you look at all these events that are going around, um, obviously Satan does have some dominion over this world. Like he's in control of certain things. You know what I mean? Like sure. um, he, he, things that bad things that happen aren't because God makes them happen. God allows them to happen. Anyway, um, basically what I'm trying to say is in the story of Job, Satan has to ask permission. And so that shows that he doesn't know what's going to happen next. So Satan doesn't know how God is going to use this coronavirus, but God knows how he's going to use it. So I think that um, just shows even though God allows these things to happen, he knows how he's going to use it for his own glory. While Satan thinks that he's winning the battles right now by shutting down churches and all that stuff, um, obviously God has a plan for it. So um, God is good regardless of how I may feel about it. It doesn't change the truth that God is still good. Hmm. All right. This brings me to my first audience question. Um, this one comes from someone named Ethan Carter. He's asking, what has helped you grow your faith in God? So I don't know if you want to tie Corona in that or if there's something else that you may be thinking, but what has helped you grow your faith in God? Yeah, so probably the biggest thing for me uh, there's two things I would say. The first is a group of guys that I met up with. Um, they were in my youth group, and one of them was my youth pastor, actually. And we kind of just uh, we started in like an accountability group, and that helped me get through a lot of things. Um, you know, common high school problems like uh, uh, pornography and just the need to uh, be myself, I guess. You know, like they helped me and encouraged me through all that stuff. So that was kind of got me started. And then uh, probably the biggest driving factor for my personal relationship with God was, I don't even know if you remember, but Andrew, one day at a youth group, he came up to me and he was like, Garrett, you need to actually read the Bible for yourself. Because I've always been the kind of person, like I've known enough about the Bible to get by, but I didn't really ever read it. And so when you asked that question of whether I read the whole Bible, I kind of thought about that because he kind of challenged me in my face and was like, um, is it really your own? And up until that point, I don't think it really was because, you know, I knew a lot of stuff about God and I knew a lot of facts and all this stuff, but I never really thought about what it means to take personal ownership of my faith. So I would say those are kind of the two driving factors, uh, good friends and good siblings, good family. Gotcha. So having a good support structure. Has Andrew read the entire Bible through? Yeah, he has. What about Tyler? Uh, I'm pretty sure he has. I'm just curious, just curious, because, you know, if you give that advice, I'm just curious if you had actually done it. All right. 
<laughs> so what's kind of the bare bones of all this? Like why, 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 uh, why wait? I don't know if I waste your time is a very negative way of putting it, but why, why invest time, effort, and rela- energy into a relationship with a supernatural being? Um, kind of like bring it back to bring it back to day one for me. All right, kid. Testimony. What do we got here? So for me, you know, obviously. I guess not obviously because you don't really know me all that great. I do not but know I'm you. Sure I'm sure you've learned from the twins kind of like. Not really. Go our on. Fam- our family's been like I've been raised in the church. So like it's always been a part of my own life. Okay. But um, for me to have a personal relationship with Christ, you know, it got to the point in my like and sin struggles and stuff where like I was I knew they were wrong because I was raised in the church like I knew all the right things to do but I just wasn't doing them and so I kind of like broke down and the only thing that I could turn to was what I already knew and that was um, our relationship with Christ and I had seen how he had worked in people's lives like my dad um, he had a lot of things like he's uh, not that okay so He's, he was a big smoker and a big like tobacco chewer. And none of those things are inherent sinful, um, obviously. And if they're taken to an addiction, that's a sin, but in moderation, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. But he, I've seen how God has worked in his own life and how he's kind of been changed through that. And so for me, there's the biggest reason to invest your time in a relationship with Christ as well. I mean, there's there's everything to gain and nothing to lose. Because you gain eternal life with Kim, but if you're wrong about Christ, which isn't a great way to look at it, but if you're wrong about being a Christian, there's nothing to lose because you're going to end up where everyone else is. And that's like, if you don't take the Christian worldview, there's no, there's no eternity. And so there's no point in not being a Christian. Now, obviously it's not a great way to look at it, but um, you, you have everything to gain by being a Christian because you have eternal life with Christ and, and there's no greater fulfillment or joy in a relationship with God. So I would say that's probably, um, you know, the reason that I would invest time. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to offer a little pushback on it. So you mentioned, uh, and this is a conversation, so this is why I'm being this way. So you mentioned you should have faith in God because if you have faith in God, there's things to gain. But if you don't, you have everything to lose. Kind of like uh, you should do it anyway because if you're – if you don't have faith in God, or I mean, let me think of a good way to word this. If you have faith in God and you're right, you have everything to lose. But if you're an atheist and you're right, then you lose nothing anyway, right? Is that kind of what we're getting at here? Yeah, so... Oh, much um, clearer. Okay. Basically what I was saying was when... If, if a Christian is wrong about being about God being eternal and about heaven and hell, then like there's nothing, there's no, there's no problem because there is no hell in that situation. You know what I mean? Interesting. Okay. What if the Muslims are right? Uh, Don't they have a hell too? I'm just giving you a hard time, kid. That's all. I I just, I I enjoy these kinds of conversations. So what if the Muslims are right? Don't they have a hell? You actually don't even know your eternal fate until you get there, if, if I'm correct. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So okay. if I just live a good life with no faith, then I have just as good of a chance as, as, as the, the most devout Muslim because I've lived a good life. And so that whole faith is based on good works. Mm, gotcha. 
good works of praying every day near towards Mecca and all that, right? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay. I, I don't know. Me, my take, uh, and since we're engaging in discourse, I'll hold you to the same standard as I would anybody else. I mean, I, you know, you're a few years younger, and but that doesn't mean you don't know anything, so I'll hold you to the same standard. I personally, I think the argument of you should have faith in God because if you're wrong, then if you're right, then you gain eternity. If you're wrong, then you lose nothing. I that's, I mean, to me, that's my. Le- I, I hate that argument. I really do. Um, yeah. Just because it's like, oh, if you, I think it was uh, Homer Simpson from The Simpsons once said, it's kind of like, well, what if that God isn't the God and the other God is God and I'm just pissing that God off instead? Or it was like something along those lines. Like there's merit yeah. to it. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of merit to it. But I, I'm more of a like even just kind of like personal like testimony of feeling like oh i felt this i think has more validity than that or yeah. the one universe it's not a great argument sure that's fair like, that's fair that's not how i would be an apologist if you want to say that. that's not how i'm going to present the gospel to someone sure obviously but sure yeah no i just i'm just throwing my two cents in there because it's a conversation and you are walking around on me so i ain't taking it easy on you anymore um yeah, that's just kind of my two cents on that. But I think the like the the argument of the uh, t- the universe is very expanse, uh, and that uh, just everything's very complicated. That's a decent argument. I don't know. That's that's a thing with God. Like, I mean, faith in general. Like, there's oh uh, you you know there's there's general you know a general revelation and special revelation. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are they? So general revelation is kind of, I would say like the Bible is a general revelation. It's what um, God has revealed to everyone. But then special revelation would be what he did with the prophets. But obviously like the prophets wrote it down. So that's become general. But like to us today, God could speak to me and that would be a specific revelation. Interesting. That's what I understand about it. Yeah. So general revelation. So actually close, but not quite to my understanding. Uh, general revelation is that you can look out into nature and come away with the conclusion of, oh, there is a God. It's kind of the, I believe, Romans 1, where it goes on about how, oh, I got my Bible right here. I shouldn't start spewing stuff. You got me talking about faith here, kid. But that's okay. <laughs> I, I Believe it or not, I think you're, of all the people I've had on this, I haven't, I feel like we're going to have the most deepest conversation. As I said, there's sometimes perks to not knowing people. So if this goes wrong, then... At least we never have to act like we know each other again. Let me see. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, went too far. Oh, gosh. Maybe I should just bring it up. On, nah, I'm already there. All right, excellent. Romans 1. Oh, Romans 2. Maybe. No. Let's see. Wrath of God revealed. Oh. Uh, gosh, I need to, like, draw in here. Uh, they are all slanders, though they know right. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only give approval to those who practice. I thought there was like something in here that basically said there's no excuse because God yeah. has already revealed Himself. What you're talking about, but I honestly don't remember where it is. But yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. So much reading. I remember there's some in the first chapter of Romans. I guess I could try to read it, but we're also having a conversation. I don't think my audience wants yeah. to sit here and listen to me read out loud. Um, but basically, general revelation, to my understanding, is that it's just kind of general. Like, 
you can look outside and see nature. You can look and look at creation and come away with the conclusion that there is a God. That is all yeah. general relativity. It's not specifically anything about a particular God. It's just that there is a God. Special yeah. revelation is more of, okay, the God that is, is, is I am, or Yahweh, is, or Yahweh, as, you know, as it goes. Um, so yeah. special is actually the scriptures, is the miracles, the, the prophecies, all of that. Because general is more just, hey, there is a God. And then special is, this is who God is. Uh, this okay, is yeah. the more supernatural. General is more natural. That that's always been my understanding. I don't know. I, yeah. I maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I should probably know this better. I do have a Bible <laughs> minor and graduate from Christian high school, but you know I'm sure there's things I'm missing out on too. I also didn't get a 35 on my ACT, so not even <laughs> close. But anyway, the point is, is um, that's kind of my understanding of it. Is that it? it it's it's hard because. That's the thing. Um, I remember once being out in the woods once with someone and looking at nature and stuff. And I was like, wow, like this is so complex. I don't see how anybody could walk away from this and think there isn't a God. And then the someone I was with was like, you know, what's ironic is that there's people out there who will look at this and come away with saying, wow, look at all this complexity. I can't believe anyone would come walk away from this thinking that there is a God. So it's 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 very I don't it's very difficult if you ask me yeah. to cuz it's like not that uh science and religion are mutually exclusive. I don't think they are. I mean, there's a lot of people who would make that argument. Well, maybe like religion religion, but uh the concept of there actually being a god just to me science is just kind of analyzing what we have here and this is what the logical conclusion is is of what is reality. So just because you come up with a logical conclusion of what reality is currently doesn't mean that a creator didn't create it. I mean, maybe your creator is time, chance, and space or whatever. Like, maybe your creator is a non-existent being, but not necessarily just creation in of itself. Or I don't know. I'm I'm throwing words out there, Garrett, right now. Do you have anything to follow up on yeah. that one? I think that's the really difficult part because where you and I might look out, like you said, and say, wow, this is, there's no way this just came to be. People could do what you said and say, um, well, there's no way this, this didn't just come to be. I think that honestly is probably the more, the, the better argument to me personally of how I know God is real. Like I love science. That's why I'm going to be a science teacher. Yeah. And when you look at all the science behind um, just the, the world and how big it is. And like I took an astronomy class and I was able to see how huge the universe is and how small we really are. Mm -hmm. and, and the chances of, of that happening are like literally they're, they're impossible. And so, yeah. and that's where faith comes in. I mean, you have to have faith either way. I think it's true. The one, one of the few conversations that we actually had, you mentioned that you, said you don't have the faith to be an atheist. <laughs> I really don't. I don't have enough faith for that. And so people always make fun of the Christian faith because we believe in something we can't see. But regardless of what you believe in, you're going to believe in something that you can't see because we'll never really be able to prove the fact that God exists. Because if we could prove that God exists, you wouldn't be God. Because that, that's kind of the whole, the reality of the situation is we're created by him, for him. So we can't, we can't understand him. Otherwise we would be kind of equal with him. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that I think people have a hard time because they sure. want to understand God, but that's just a, a fact of faith mm -hmm. that you can't understand God because yeah. we're not we're not equal to Him. 
Well, and that's the thing. That just that actually brings it right back to the original origins of sin of itself. I mean, um, looking at Genesis 3, whenever Adam and Eve initially rebelled against God, I mean, the core issue here wasn't, oh, they just ate a simple piece of fruit. That that wasn't the core issue. I mean, granted, God said, don't eat this, and they directly disobeyed. But, I mean, if you look at, oh, now you got me talking here. Let's Let me flip back here. Um, back to Genesis, Genesis 3, where it's like, um, so, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. And here it is. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband and he ate the eyes of both open and they both knew they're naked so and all that. So basically the core issue, oh, and also I was reading from the ESV, so the only actual inspired version of the Bible. <laughs> no, Hebrew and Greek ain't got nothing on the ESV. <laughs> anyway, um, but just looking at the core issue is basically like, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. The core issue wasn't, oh, let's just eat this fruit to give a middle finger to God. It was, I want to be more powerful than God. I want to be God. Yeah. Whereas God, it's like humans were, essentially at the end of the day, humans are humans are just image bearers. Um, we are created Imago Dei in the image of God. Um, and because we're image bearers, that carries responsibility it gives humans a dominance over the earth in which no other being has but it also makes them servants of god um, we are image bearers and we are ambassadors of said being but we do not carry dominion over said being and yeah. the key to sin is basically saying screw you god I'm going to basically be in command, and I don't want anything to do with you, which essentially, if you think about hell, hell is a place in which God is non-existent. So essentially, whenever you're going to hell, you're getting exactly what you wanted, and that's being apart from God and having said dominance. It's like, yeah, good job. You're in control. Was it worth it? Maybe. I don't know. So that's my understanding of it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, um, what you said about people playing God, that— you know, when you look at back at history at all the horrible things that have happened, you know, you have the Tower Tower of Babel. They wanted to be God. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. You look back, um, even just like in the last hundred years, you see Hitler committing mass genocide against Jews. What was he uh, doing? He was trying to play God and control who lived and who didn't. Fair enough. And and you look today with abortion. People are trying to play God. They they want control <laughs> over their lives in whatever way. But I mean, that's, that's yeah, basically yeah. what they're saying. I'm more important than this child, whatever, maybe. Now, obviously, there's certain situations where, like, I'm, that's, that's another conversation for another day. But when you when it boils down to the, the sins that we commit are because we want to be in control. And sure. I think something that I've heard said is you'll never be in control until you let go. And <laughs> and so, like, that, it, it doesn't make sense to us because, you know, if you surrender, that's not in control. That's showing weakness. But surrendering to Christ is showing strength, and it's, it's it's completely opposite in our brains of how of how it should be. But that's the truth of the situation. And so it I, is. That, you go ahead. No, no, no. Go on. I want to finish what you have to say. I know what I I know what I need to say. That's what makes it so difficult for us to to do that because it, as humans, our desire is of the flesh. You know, we're we're we want what's best for us. 
and it's a constant state of surrender and that's when we can fully and finally be like you know sanctified it will never reach that point and but that's that's the goal of our one of the goals of our lives is to become more and more like christ every day and you can't do that unless you're surrendering to his will and his heart true yeah no that's the crazy i mean even think of like in positions of leadership i mean lead is just a fancy word for and to influence like to lead this you're just influencing that it's just a fancy word um and i even think of at my job like my job not to you know oh pad my chest but like right now i just checked my thing i have i think a hundred direct reports right now it's like i can only take care of so much so i have to delegate trust and it's like if i try to control everything everything's gonna go to trash but if i just i would say sit back and do nothing but to trust you have to trust to be trusted and like you can't you have to let go of some things like you if if you try to control everything, you're just gonna lose your mind. Like there's only so much you can you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And even just like with giving control to God and some things, it's like, I mean, He's literally an omnipresent, omniscient being. Like, I mean, God is good because you know God is God. And to me, I think like even if like and it's I mean I won't say something God does is bad you know but I mean since he is the core creator the core of everything like things are good because he says they're good I mean whenever you like words and at like they only mean as much as what can be put into action like everything God does is good whether you want to agree with it or not but it's good because he is the most dominant being and say like by some logical thing that it's like oh things don't work out to be good in a sense let humor me on this one um, it would work out and be good because God is literally omniscient. And like, yeah, if He wants to be good, like He has enough. He has enough power to basically make it good. If that may, that's the way I've kind of viewed it as well. Um, there was something I was gonna get back to on it. I literally forgot. I'm not a man of my word. I forgot what I was gonna say, Garrett, <laughs> on the other thing. Oh, yes, I remember because you mentioned abortion and. It kind of made me chuckle a little whenever you mentioned the abortion thing, and we're talking about Corona. It's like I saw this one thing. It was like, fun fact, if if Corona shuts down all the abortion centers, coronavirus will save more lives than it will take. I was like, dang. It's like I never thought of it like that. So, yeah, coronavirus is the hero. It saves lives. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right, anything else? I, I still got a, an audience question, but anything else on that? I, I like this. Um. I, I don't know. When you said something about you doing leadership, it just reminded me of a quote. This has nothing to do with anything. But All right. What's your quotation? Um, uh, I forget who said it, but basically, I'm right now I'm actually reading a book for school. It's called The 21 Nerd. Laws of Leadership. It's, uh, How many? It's about 21 oh, okay. Laws of Leadership. And it's been really good, but one of the quotes from the book was, those who think they're leading um, and but walking alone, they're not leading anyone or something like that. And that goes like it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Like you have to be able to trust other people, and I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just a random thought that popped in my head. Sure. Well, one of the one of the biggest temptations of leadership is when things go sour to isolate yourself. It really is, because as the saying goes, it's lonely on the top. One of the biggest yep. things, like, like I still remember, like uh, going back to track. You know, I'm sure you've heard I punched a wall and broke my hand. I, I don't know. You, I assume you have. But, like, one of my biggest temptations during that time, I mean, God, like, talk about weakness. 
um, was to isolate myself and stay away from the team. And I did isolate myself quite a bit, but still trying to like stay involved even though you can't have the same amount of input as you used to or just in general like if your team is mad at you or things don't go according to plan it's very it's very tempting to isolate yourself because and then once you do that then it it gets worse from there because sometimes it's sometimes it's better to have no engagement than bad engagement there's a time and place to to uh, kind of control your presence. Um, speak, you mentioned uh, 21 Laws of Leadership. I remember reading, um, actually I listened to the audio book because I don't read, but YouTube has a pretty good audio series on this. It's called The 39 Laws of Power. It's not a biblical book, I will put it that way. There's some. Uh, it's a very dirty um, point of view on power. So like some of the, the law, the, the first law was never upset the master because if you piss off the person above you it doesn't matter what you do they're gonna go after you actually i was just literally in the book of proverbs earlier today oh man it was such a good proverb i even had it marked i was like i didn't even know i marked this one let me see if i can find it oh man it was so good um it's got to be around here somewhere i literally had it marked in red i know where it's at maybe i won't be able to find it it was like something about jealousy. Mm. Oh my gosh, I have to find this now. I am I am dedicated. Oh, here's another favorite one. When the righteous triumph, there is great glory, but when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. It's like me whenever I get power. Everyone hates me. <laughs> um Word fitly spoken. Gosh, where is this? Garrett, I'm like determined to find this. <laughs> Okay. That's the thing. When I, when I have my sights on something, I'm going to get it. Well, at least I'm going to try. I completely can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Oh, there we go. For jealousy makes, and this is Proverbs 6, 34 to 35. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts. I mean, jealousy is a nasty thing. If someone's jealous, like it does, like doesn't matter when, like people above, people beneath, they hate you. And I, and I know this mostly from the side of being jealous of other people, like because whenever someone's better than you, like their existence judges you. Like it doesn't matter what they do, like just the mere existence of them and being in their position of whether that be success or whatever, like their existence judges you. So it's like there's. There's not really anything you, they can do to fix it. Well, there's things they can do, but it's very difficult. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, they could be the nicest person in the world, but them being better than you is enough to trigger you off. Oh, my goodness. It's so true. <laughs> and make you not like them, even though they've done nothing wrong. It's true. No, there's a, at my work, so there's more than just one. Because my position is area manager of pack singles, uh, back half nights. And whenever I do shifts with other managers of my same department on different shifts, like sometimes the other managers would give me advice. And it's like, I don't know why it would piss me off, but it would just because it's like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of that friendly, you know, you, you've run track, so you know how it is. It'd be like if your teammates started giving you advice on like proper running form. It's like, even if they are right, at the end of the day, they're still kind of like that. You're on the same team, but you're still kind of a bit of a competitor, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, like, and they even would catch on. They're like, oh, I would say this, but you know, we know you don't want to hear. I was like, I mean, I won't say that, but it's like, <laughs> you know, 
I don't know. I can be a little feisty sometimes, but, you know, I guess we all can be. Oh, Garrett. <laughs> Where I bet you weren't expecting this to come out of this conversation. That's okay. Neither was I. All right, kid. So I got another audience question for you. So this is on the, the, the path of, I guess, religious stuff. This one comes to a guy named... Tyler Meevins? Did I say right? Meevins? Mevins? Muffins? I don't know. Uh, I think he's like a pastor or something. Um, at least my stalking told me that. And he is asking, is salvation eternally secure? Oh, gosh. That's my youth pastor. He's asking me a uh, serious question. So uh, that's one of those things that, like, who am I to judge someone else's uh, relationship with God? And I think you know, it might be kind of the easy way out, but the way that I answer that question when I've been asked is um, basically, in my opinion, if you're a true Christian, there would be no reason for you to fall away, fall away from the faith. So mm. it's obviously like the easy way out, but I would say if someone falls away from the faith and, and they, they were once a Christian and they're now they're not, you know, it's the easy way out, but I would just question their original faith whether it was an emotional response but whatever it may be how how deep that was really rooted mm. because like the parable of the sower it talks about um yeah the ones on the path um they they just did not want i i don't remember exactly but basically there was one group that heard it didn't want it didn't want anything to do with it there was another group that heard it received it loved it but their their roots weren't deep and they got snatched away by the enemy and so I think that would be kind of the, the, the viewpoint that I would take is their relationship with Christ wasn't really rooted in truth. It was more of a, um emotional, what can God do for me kind of thing. And they, they didn't hmm. really realize or understand the relationship with God that they wanted. And the, their conversion wasn't a true conversion, whatever that may mean to you. But I, that's kind of where I'm going to go with it. Gotcha. Yeah, so the parable of the sower, so just so then our audience, if they don't know it, so the parable of the sower comes from Matthew 13. Uh, this is basically, and just me reading straight from the scriptures, Matthew 13, starting verse 3. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to the sow, and he, as he, now for those who don't know, sowing, that's like putting seeds in the ground. Uh, and as he sowed to plant crops, as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they. I lost my head. The birds came up and devoured. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold and some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So basically this parable, as you basically said, it's you kind of throw the gospel everywhere and whatever let's the way the people take them it's the the first one where it's on the path and the birds come and take it. it's like those are the people who hear it and they're like meh and then it, that's that uh the uh the soil with uh not much soil had no depth and they were scorched it was basically oh, i forget that one it's like they hear it they think it's kind of cool but since there's no roots it's kind of that once hard times go by the sun scorches them and they're like screw this crap i'm out and then the thorns, to my understanding, is um, 
I want to say it's like you don't have good people. No, I don't know. What's what's your thoughts on the thorns? Um, can you read that part from scripture again? Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Yeah. Verse so seven. I I want to say that that's kind of, not that it's exactly like the ones that fell among the rocks, but it's the same idea. Basically, like life circumstances and and the what happens to them it kind of just dries out and, and withers their, their will to have faith, I guess is what it would be. And, and that kind of reveals the heart of, of where they, were they really saved? Were they, were they really trusting God the whole time? Mm, gotcha. Because everyone, everyone in their life has thorns and, and thistles that come around them. You know, we all have hard times, but whether we allow that to choke us or whether we have um, our faith rooted in Christ is, is it, is kind of what separates that I would say. And so, yeah, it's just this this question is one of those I don't think any human will ever be able to answer because uh, like like we mentioned earlier we're not God and we don't know all the answers. So what are your thoughts on you know a predestination as I assume. So what are your thoughts on that? That's one of those I like, guess such a difficult thing because obviously God knows everything but he's also given us free will to do as as we please. And so, you know, I've heard people say that like, well, God how could a good God condemn people to hell because he already knows that they're not going to accept him. But that's like, you know, you can't have a good God that does that. And so the way I understand it, like God has laid out our lives for us and, and he can see beginning to end, obviously, but he's still given us the choice of whether or not we want to follow him. Hmm. And it's, it's one of those things like, I mean, we've said it a couple times now, but it's one of those things that we won't ever understand. I don't think. Until we're on the other side of heaven. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, my thoughts on predestination, in case anybody cares, it's, yeah, obviously God knows. I mean, you cannot claim to have an omnipotent God, and then it's like, oh, well, God doesn't know who's going to heaven yeah. or hell. Like, you, 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 can't ha- you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Like, God knows. Um, just because God knows doesn't mean we don't know, doesn't mean we know. So, obviously, we still need to be the, the light in which we can try to be. I mean, at least to some, you know, to what we can yeah. be and at our best. I definitely need some work. <laughs> but um, but that's tricky because, yeah, it's like if God knows, why doesn't he step in and do something? Well, I mean, the thing is, is I think I once heard it's like if uh, I forget, are you dating anybody? I think I think I saw something. You were dating something. Yeah. OK, I think yeah. I found it ironic because I think I, your Instagram post ironically had 69 likes. I was like, Hey, um, but anyway, uh, dating, like if you think about it, your girlfriend, if, if she was like basically a robot and said, I love you, I love you. It's like, is that truly love? Probably not. But if she had a choice to love you or to not love you, now that's a different story. I mean, if you kind of think about relationships of, I guess, friendship, if you will, what's, what, what's really a true friend, you know, like someone who's, there for you in just the easy times or someone's that's there all the times i mean i think of i guess even from a friendship standpoint like um i don't know why even i'm going on this rant but let's see i think the book of john whenever jesus is literally on the cross i mean you think of like all the people let's see there's a part i remember hearing this once i was like holy smokes oh yes there we go john chapter uh 19 verse 26 5 26 said, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which is John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, John, 
Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his, his own home. So basically right there, Jesus is telling John, take care of my mother. Like, that's a pretty big responsibility. I mean, I don't know <laughs> Jewish culture that much, but Jesus wouldn't have just told someone that, especially when he's kind of dying on the cross. You'd think he'd have other things on his mind. But clearly yeah. he had enough time on his mind to come to this. It's like that friendship of, like, John still being there, even though, like, all it would take is for one of the Roman guards to be like, hang on a second. I feel like I know you from somewhere. And then next thing you know, you got a rooster crowing in the background. But we didn't have a rooster crowing <laughs> with John. Um, that kind of friendship there is he was able to, like, trust him with his mother. Like, it doesn't normal. Yeah. That, like, that, that, that's a big responsibility. Like, John was actually there. I mean, I mean, Peter made up, believe me, Peter made up for it. I mean, he literally got crucified upside down. And Jesus, I mean, Peter loved Jesus. He just kind of had a moment of weakness, which I get that. I get that. Yeah. So no dis no dissing on Peter. He he went through a lot more than I ever will, I'm sure. At least I'm 100% confident at that. But just kind of God still taking his time to basically establish a means of salvation whereas he could have just been like oops screw this crap i'm out and then that would have been that you know at least he gives an opportunity to engage in a relationship yeah and i think some people say that, like they'll use the god knows who's going to be saved so i don't have to evangelize because what what can i do to save them? <laughs> yes yes that, that's such a lazy and and unfaithful way to look at that i think that is I mean, we're commanded to make disciples. Like, if we're just going to dismiss that, why don't we just dismiss the whole Bible at that point? Exactly. That'd be like, I'm not going to read, I'm not going to watch this movie because someone else who's already seen the movie knows the ending, so I'm not going to watch it. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, even if it may seem selfish, like, bringing, helping lead someone to Christ is so fulfilling personally. So, like, Have you experienced that? I have. And it, All right. It's like, it's it's so fulfilling and it actually like it strengthens your own personal faith i think because you can see like the joy that it brings them and i think like even if god knows that that's going to happen in the future hmm. which you know if he knows like there's still a reason that he's given us all the opportunity to do that and yeah and so we need to do that interesting yeah yeah i've never had that experience before i've been hoping someone I know does and been praying for this one kid for like, yeah, it's been about a year or so, maybe two now. But it's like, I don't know. I've never experienced that before. So I believe you. That, sound, that sounds about right. I'm sure it's a good feeling. I wouldn't know it, but it. I'm sure it's nice to know that you're not the only crazy person that someone else became crazy yeah. because you convinced them to be crazy, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't know. So um now that we're already on the topic i think mentioned friendship this is one of the reasons so garrett one of the reasons i felt i was like you know what this kid could go a few rounds with me on this um even though we've only talked a few times it's like yeah what the heck why not is i remember it was actually i was uh well i worked in i worked night shift so i was i got a few like i got back from work i get back from work about 8 a.m then i have to leave about 5 um 5 p.m not a.m um, so I get a few hours of sleep, but sometimes I try to sleep and then go to sleep a little bit, wake up and it's like, all right, I can't sleep. So I'm going to scroll through Facebook. And then I saw something where it's like this random kid. I think I've talked to a few times was doing like a devotional or something. I was like, ah, what the heck? I'll listen to this. So I set my phone off to the side while laying in bed, just kind of listen to it. And it was about friendship, which I thought was kind of neat. Cause these days are pretty, um, uh, 
I guess lonely, if you will. Like, I mean, me, I interact with a lot of people these days, but I also, you know, I'm in a different stage of life. Whereas if I was in school, I'd be in a different stage, if that will. So there's there's nothing wrong with having to stay at home. Like, honestly, whenever I can't stay home, I, I, I don't, I guess I go out for a run. But anyway, you know, stay home. Don't get other people sick. Um, I don't know. I just thought your little devotional was kind of neat. I was like, hey, uh, are you like your class chaplain or something? Or I'm just curious. Like, why, why, why were you in that position to give that? So we have chapel every Thursday, and uh, our administrator had asked three of the seniors to do a chapel. And so one of my classmates, it's actually my cousin, he had done one in February or March. I don't remember. And I was actually supposed to be doing one in April. And then another classmate of mine was supposed to be doing one in April. And so, like, I had already, you know, thought about it and wanted to do one. And so when school got canceled, I was like, hey, is there any, like, chance that I can do this? Because I knew he wanted to do stuff through Facebook anyway. And so uh-huh. like, um, he gave me the opportunity to do it, so I took it. Oh, awesome. So, well, I guess give our audience some cl- – I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. So maybe I'll even attach in my bio- in the description, I might attach a link to where they can watch it if you don't mind, just to give some yeah. context. Um, so yeah, check the bio. Um, at least I think it should go through. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so what would you say it was about and how did you go about preparing for it? Inspiration? I'm just curious. I, 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 I was on the speech team at Cedarville for four years, so I'm, I, I enjoy a good, I enjoy a good speech in the, the, the background of it. So what, what was it about? What were, and how'd you prepare for it? So, uh, the basic idea of it was I kind of just wanted to use that time as one, an opportunity to share encouragement, but two, an opportunity to like thank the teachers that I've had. Cause like, yes. like I said, you know, I wasn't able to do that really. And so I did do that, but um, you know, with the situation that we're in, a lot of kids are going to be feeling really alone. Okay. Their, their friends kind of got ripped away from them. And so the whole, the whole premise of it was basically just because you're not with each other doesn't mean you can't be for each other. And you can't still be friends with, like, you still can't, you, you can still encourage one another and, and do all the things that friends do, even though you're not with each other. And so I was kind of thinking, like, what are some ways that that can happen? Like, are there any, like, obviously everyone knows, not everyone, I, that's a very bad blanket statement, but a <laughs> okay. lot of story of David and Jonathan. And so, like, they're, they're like two of the best friends, like, they're the best example of friends in the Bible. I don't know who they are. Who are they? They, so David, obviously, I say obviously so much. David was a, uh, the king appointed. So he actually wasn't related to the actual king in any way, but, um, God had appointed him as king and Jonathan was the king's son. So Mm -hmm. Jonathan should have been the heir apparent, but David was anointed. And so from that, you would think that they would be better rivals than they would hate each other. But we see that like, as soon as they met, basically they became best friends. And, and Jonathan actually saved David's life many times. And you would just from like a human perspective, you would expect um, someone like Jonathan to not go out of his way to save his rival's life. But he does that three or four times. He goes out of his way to help David. And um, so there's, there's a point in their friendship when, when David actually has to run away because his life is being threatened too much. But despite that distance, they were still able to, like, their, their friendship remains. And I think that was kind of the idea was the, our friendship isn't with each other isn't defined by 
our distance and in our lives we need people like Jonathan who can come alongside us and help us through life you know David would never have made it to be king if he didn't have Jonathan uh, working with him for that short amount of time and mm-hmm. so um, God puts people in our lives obviously but that that are there for us and we need to be humble enough to accept them as as friends and as people that can influence us and that's kind of what the whole point was is we need to find people to surround ourselves with because um like you had mentioned earlier we need people that we can trust and and you need that whether you want to or not whether you're an introvert or an extrovert you need friends and you need people that that can come alongside you and, and encourage you um, and just help you get through life and so that was kind of my main point is when we do get back to school don't take advantage of the friends of your friends because you don't know how long you'll have them um, and obviously when you get off to college you have a completely new set of friends for the most part true so t- take advantage of the time with the friends that you have with the time that you have because th- the time that you have in high school is really one of the most important times of your life because it kind of shapes you for your future mm-hmm. i mean you make a bad decision in high school you they stick with you because you can't just change that. And so if you surround yourself with good friends, the chances are you're going to end up doing much better than if you surround yourself with bad friends. And so when kids get back to school, I kind of just encourage them to find a David and a Jonathan in their own lives, find someone they can trust. And, and another example that I presented was, you know, Jesus had his 12 disciples, obviously one was a bad guy, you know, Judas kind of turned on him, but Jesus had that big group of, of support. And I mean, it sounds weird to say Jesus needs support, but he had a big group of people. So being a small Christian school, like our class's size can be that big group. But then he had the three smaller, like the disciples that he trusted more, which is John, Peter, and James. And those were his three mm-hmm. disciples you really, really, really trust. And so beyond that big group of friends that you have, you need to have your own smaller group of friends that you can really trust and really grow with. And, and that can be your smaller support system within a bigger support system. And so when you have that, it just helps you so much personally. And you can also help others because while they're being that good friend to you, you can also be that good friend to someone else or to them back. And so it was just, um, I just wanted to encourage the kids that as they do get back to school to use the time that they have well and use, uh, use their friendships to the fullest of their potential because I think a lot of times like I wasted so much time and so many friendships on meaningless things and like it's okay to have other interests like me and my friends love talking about sports but that's not what the root of our friendship is gotcha so what what is the root of it and what does that look like so uh the root of our friendship is in you know our love for Christ Jesus yes because (laughs) because like in a time like this we can't talk about sports because there are no sports. We can't, we can't go out and have a good time with each other because we can't do that. So there's only a few things that are left after all, all this stuff. And one of those is like, is a relationship with Christ. And so <laughs> True. you asked what, it, what it looks like is, uh, so when we realized that we were going to be going away, one of the guys mentioned, you know, this time away can either be really, really, really good for our faith. We can grow a lot. We have a lot of time. Or it can be really bad because um, when you're home alone, it's just you and your thoughts and, and yourself. And you're by yourself. You have no one to hold you accountable. You have no one to make sure you're in your Bible. You have no one to monitor what you're looking at. 
you have it, you're by yourself. And so he mentioned that and it, we were like, you know what, we're going to use this time. We made the decision to use this time well and to, to commit to being there for each other. And so that, that led to us, you know, just texting every once in a while. It may not even be every day, but just texting, like checking in on each other, making sure that we're doing okay and making sure we know that if we need something, we can reach out to each other and be there for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, having a good support structure is very key. When I think even in the thing you mentioned, uh, and I've heard this before, I'm curious where you heard it too, where it's like your top, if I took your top five closest friends, I could basically nail your personality because like everyone you interact with impacts you and everyone you interact with impact, you impact them. I'm curious, where did you get that? Like, did you just hear that casually or just, because I'm not sure where I've heard it from. Yeah, I honestly don't remember, but I just, like, obviously I remember it. So it was something that stuck with me, but I don't remember where I heard it from. Okay, I'm just curious, because I've heard it too, and I've told people that, I think I remember someone going off to college once, I was like, choose your friends wisely, because the top five friends are like, like, people change you. I mean, yeah, not only just from it's a... cliche, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone you interact with, you change them and they change you. Yeah, no, I thought that was kind of neat. A uh, few things to add on to what you said to kind of give some context for our audience and also in case you wanted some as well. Um, so the disciple thing and uh, the king thing. I'll start with the disciple thing. The thing I find fascinating about Jesus' uh, disciples is there's a lot of moments where he's walking by and he's like, come follow me and all this. But whenever he finally chooses like his 12 like inner circle apostles, I thought this was kind of neat. So this comes from Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 13. Uh, and again from the ESV. And it says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, whom he named apostles. So basically from this verse, I find it so fascinating how Jesus, God himself in the flesh, before he chose his 12 inner circle, one of them who he, I would assume, knew was going to betray him, um, he took all night to pray about it. He didn't take his decision lightly, lightly even though he's yeah. omnipotent, he's God in the flesh. Well, the degree of his omnipotence, I'm not really sure as he was in the flesh. Um, but... He, uh, even God himself, whenever it came to choosing his inner circle of 12, prayed, I guess, to himself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's a way that, you know, makes more sense uh, all night before arising in the morning to make his decision. Because, I mean, especially if you're in like a position where you need to choose your team. I mean, making good hiring decisions is a big deal because whenever you're choosing your team, like, and I've had to do this before, like even at work, like I remember walking in and they're like here's two pieces of paper each one represents a person decide which one you want on your team it's like whoa like all right um let's see what we got here and it's like it's not an easy choice because if you make the wrong choice like that person's on your team and you're stuck with them well i guess you could always try to get them fired but that's not always a clean thing or a good thing not that i've done that but the point is is like choosing your friends choosing your people you work with like it's a big deal. Like it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. So, um, going off of kind of Saul and David and uh, Jonathan, uh, the thing that's fascinating. So anybody, I don't know to what extent you under like you said you've read the Bible, so you should have a good idea. But on how some things tied together. So the one thing about King Saul, 
Um, do you remember what tribe he? Are you how familiar are you with the twelve tribes of Israel? Yeah, he, he was from Benjamin. Yes, there you go, perfect. And do you know why that would be a red flag? The fact that you knew he was from Benjamin is like light years ahead of what I expect from a lot of people, um, especially your age. I would say that has to do with uh, the, what Jacob said at when like he blessed the, the his 12 sons. That would be there my guess. But All right. Yes. So here's the thing when it comes to uh, the tribes. So the tribe of Benjamin, I'm, like it has its things, I don't remember, but... The tribe in which kings flow from is supposed to be the tribe of Judah. So any well knowledgeable Jew, which was a majority, like pretty much all of them back then, I'm sure, would have seen that and said he was from the tribe of Benjamin. Why is this guy even our king to begin with? He's not of the royal blood, uh, and that comes from Gen like the royal bloodline, if you will, comes from Genesis 49, verse 8. Yes, I have it right here. Um, verse 8, starting. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be in the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion. And as lioness who dares rouse him. Or lions, my bad. The sept And here's the key. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from heaven his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall he the obedience of the peoples. So in other words, Judah is also the bloodline in which Jesus Christ flows from. Um, so whenever they have the, if, uh, like the genealogies, especially the one at the beginning of Matthew, if, you are, if you're able to read between the lines on who is what in the book of Matthew, um, you can really pick up on some pretty cool things on the, uh, the genealogy in Matthew. Um, but anyway, that's probably a conversation for another time. Uh, but the point is, is like Saul was of the tribe of Benjamin, whereas David was of the tribe of Judah. And like, in a sense, Saul, like, sh I, I, one way to put it, like Saul just shouldn't have been king to begin with. I mean, in a sense, like he should have been, cause that's what should have happened. Obviously that's what happened. But I mean, this kid is david kid from judah who comes out and is like challenged as we talked about earlier jealousy like saul was jealous of david and he kind of i assume saw the writing on the wall that he was going to take his throne take this throne from his kid and that was a really fascinating thing about jonathan that i thought was neat how you pointed out um like Jonathan, in a sense, I'm sure his whole childhood was told that the throne would be his, or I don't know if he had siblings and all that. I assume he was the eldest, or if not, maybe he tried to get them killed. I don't know. I doubt it. But <laughs> politics were a lot more complicated. Well, I don't know. They're still pretty complicated these days. But politics were a lot more bloody back then than they are now in the, well, at least the U.S. Around the world, they get pretty bloody. But here, it's pretty clean. Um, the peaceful transition of power is definitely a very fascinating thing about the U.S. Um, that most countries are not able to mirror. Um, but, yeah, just kind of seeing that flow out of, like, hey, you're you're basically going to take my throne from me, but I'm still going to be your friend. Like, that is that is not an easy thing to do. So I, I thought mm -hmm. that was really fascinating how you brought those things up. The one thing that I'm so, that I was waiting for you two to bring up though is you never mentioned um in Genesis where Adam was alone and he felt sad and that was before sin. 
I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, Garrett, but how in the book of Genesis, at the beginning, whenever Adam's naming all the animals and all that jazz, and yet he still feels lonely and kind of, it's like, it's a world without sin. Wouldn't he feel at peace? But he didn't have a relationship with any other humans. In this case, one of those relationships. But just how we're designed to be relational beings. I thought that was kind of, I don't know. I thought it was a good message. I, I liked it. I'm sure there's things that we can always work on. But, you know, I thought overall, like, I was impressed. Unless you want me to start bashing on you. I, I, I got a few things I could bash on if you want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, I'll take your crystal. Oh, really? I was just joking. Okay. All right. Well, let me think. I will say, and let me think this through. So I will say kind of watching it uh, or listening to it because I listened to it the first time before. I was like, oh, casually. Then I watched it more in depth uh, before our interview. And I was like, okay, let me see. I was like, oh, okay. So overall, I guess if you want to, let me see. I think I did make a few notes on this, not going to lie. So you can have it. <laughs> Um, overall, I'd say good message. Um, the nice thing is kind of listening to it. I could actually tell what your thesis was. Uh, not everybody I listen to, I can tell what their thesis was, which is actually kind of more common because usually a lot of speakers I've noticed, and I'm very guilty of this as well. They get so caught up in the sub points that they lose the overall message. Like the, the thesis is basically like, all right, this is what I'm here talking to you about. And then everything else supports it. Whereas like their support yeah. becomes so big that you lose the thesis in that. Um, so I thought that was good that you didn't lose sight of that. There was an excessive use of ums and like this, like that. So that was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. And talking to a camera is pretty difficult, so I'll give you that. I think there could have probably been more uh, like use of like quoting scripture rather than paraphrasing it. But I also understand the context of like, okay, like, like I mean, you think about your target audience. At the end of the day, communication is very subjective. Like, people could take what I'm saying here right now and criticize everything that I'm saying about it, and then others would take it. He's like, no, it was fine. So communication is very subjective. Um, I think the audience you had there is very friendly and very knowledgeable of what you're already going to talk about anyway. You're doing more of a, here's a reminder rather than, oh, here's some new context and all that. So if you're speaking to people that wouldn't have good context on in the future, definitely kind of have your context more explainable and as, as I like to tell people, if you assert yourself, you got to support yourself. So that's kind of the big thing on feel free to directly quote scripture a bit more in the future. But of course, like paraphrasing it isn't a terrible thing. But and you were like yours was more of a uh, not an analysis of a specific scripture, but rather a general analysis of a topic in which scripture supports that. So. I forget the exact term for it, but so you weren't like it was good overall. But if you want me to get nail you on the the nonverbals as well, because I made a list for you, because I was like watching, I was like, yeah, I might as well. I don't know if I use this, but since you brought it up, is that okay? Yeah, I've heard right. I have bad body language, so let's hear it. Who told you that? Oh, I've done stuff in class, and like that's what I get points off for. All right, so okay, so yeah, I will say when in doubt. When it, when when you're speaking to people, when they are in doubt if they should believe the verbal, they're going to go with the nonverbal. So I'll tell you that that could be something. I will say your biggest thing is that you walked around a lot, which I thought was kind of ironic that whenever you and I are talking right here, you're literally walking around. Plant your freaking feet. Like it was like all <laughs> over the place. Just like, where is, <laughs> have you seen the vine where it's like the one guy gets out of the vehicle? He's like, why are you running? Well, I thought that, but except for why are you walking? <laughs> like, does that make sense? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, you uh, fixed your hair a lot, so that, to me, that's a sign of nervousness. I don't know if your hair was in your eyes, but I think you, I think you fixed it. I think I, I forget how long. It was like seconds into, and you're already fixing your hair. I was like, dang, like, can we at least go it's five definitely. seconds? It's what? nervous. I should just buzz my head. Yeah, you freaking should. I keep my hair short. At least you didn't have a pen in your hand. What some people do is they'll carry a pen and they'll click it nonstop. And I've done it too. And I'll be like, I didn't click it. I swear. And they're like, yeah, you did. So <laughs> it's we tend to do things whenever we're speaking publicly that we don't even realize that we're doing. So I told, like, I've been grilled on so many speeches. Like, I've gone in and, as I said, speech team. Like, I remember doing this one event. It's, like, called Extemp where – you get a question, and then you get 30 minutes to prep a seven-minute speech, go and give a speech. Well, I basically prepped for my thing, went in, gave a seven-minute – well, it was probably more like five because, you know, I was even worse then than I am now. And got to the end and read my question at the very end, which you're supposed to read at the start, but I read at the very end and then realized I didn't even answer the question. I was like, ah, So, I, you know, it, <laughs> it happens. I, someone in the audience laughed. I was like, gosh, dang it. I was like, well, you can't win them all. So I totally get that. Um other nonverbals, wipe the side of your legs a few times, uh, aimless hand motion. You're just kind of throwing your hands all over there. Kind of feel free to expose your palms a bit more. Um, you land, you leaned pretty hard on the music stand, uh, so hard that it bent. I mean, I saw, I think it, I looked closely. I was like, it was bent at the start, but it was significantly more bent at the end, especially because it like there was a part where it cuts out and then cuts back in. I assume you kind of yeah. had a moment where you're like, I need to restart. I totally get that. No, um, my phone. <laughs> what's up? My phone died during the recording. <laughs> oh, you're recording with your phone. Well, if you had an Android, you wouldn't have this issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just kind of that happening. Um, I was like, dang, he like Hulk smash bent that thing. Uh, but overall, I'd say it was actually, I, I, I don't know. I just... I appreciate whenever people are willing to kind of stand up and kind of expose themselves in that way. Like overall, I'd say like you're a speaker who has good potential. Obviously, you have some things to work on, especially in the nonverbal. But I mean, you kind of have a a deepish, a deep enough voice to have enough, I guess, bravado, if you will, to be taken seriously whenever you get your nonverbals down. So. I wouldn't have thought of all these things if I was like, oh, like this kid's got some potential. Um, but yeah, because I, I mean, no matter what profession you're in, like to me, honestly, Garrett, if you have a college degree, if you have a bachelor's degree and you cannot handle public speaking, I I think I lose like a lot of respect for you. And I don't, there's very few things where I look at you and like you're pathetic, but that is that is usually one of them. Unless you're like mute or something, I guess I'll give you a pass. But like... If you get a college degree, you should be able to stand up. Now, it doesn't have to be a big crowd, but at least present what you've worked on. And that's any field. Like, even your teaching, obviously, you need to be able to public speak. I mean, engineering, you should be able to be like, here's what I built today, you know? I don't know. That's just th – that is just my take on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet you weren't expecting to get roasted. But I was like, I don't know. We'll see where this conversation leads us. I'll type this all out and – see if I want to use it or not, and I guess I did. So congratulations. You've officially been roasted by me. Hey, well, thanks for the criticism. Honestly, I've heard almost all of that. Not all of that. I've heard a lot of that before. What I used to do, though, is I used to stand on the sides of my feet, and that's kind of why I walk around. Oh. Keep me from doing that. Yeah. So it's kind of I chose the lesser of two evils, I think. 
Fair enough. Yeah, I think if I was going to – so as I tell my Packers whenever I'm going through and giving them uh, advice on how to improve their packing, I'll usually be like, all right, so here's one thing to work on. Because if I throw like 50 million things at them, they're not going to remember. So it's like let's at least walk away with one thing that we can remember not only for them to remember, but so I can remember and be like, so what did we work on earlier? And it's if they're not doing it, I'd be like, why aren't you listening to me? So for you, I would say the one thing that if you nail this, I think will help you learn to plant your feet. Um, not that walking around is a bad thing. I will say walking can be a very powerful tool if utilized with a purpose. Um, I utilize walking with my speaking. Um they call it, in, well, in forensics, they call it the forensics triangle. So if I'm giving a speech and I have kind of like two uh, a thesis and two subpoints, I will start my main point standing in the middle. Whenever I go to my first subpoint to support it, I'll walk over to the right side to physically demonstrate to the audience, hey, I'm moving on to this point. Then when I get to my second subpoint, I'll move over to the left. All right, so here's my second point. Then whenever I'm wrapping my speech up, I'll move back to where I start and be like, all right, this is where we're bringing it all together. So I think like if you can utilize walking properly, it can be a very powerful asset. But if you're just walking around aimlessly, I'm like, why are you walking? (laughs) (laughs) But I think you'll be fine. I mean, even just watching that, I was like, this kid's light years away from where I was. And I mean, I I was my class chaplain my senior year, so... I don't know if I'm harsh on myself or whatever, but, like, uh, yeah, I won't worry too much. I mean, obviously, you're going to have opportunities where you get to speak again, and you can think in your mind, all right, well, let's plant our feet. And it just kind of mm-hmm. shows, like, to me, it just shows that you're firm in what you're doing, if that makes sense. Also, swaying. You yeah. swayed a bit. So whenever you sway back and forth, back and forth, that shows me nervousness as well, which, to me, I'm a bit more understanding, but... I don't know. Some of the crowds I've spoke to before, they can be a bit harsh. So, And as you gain more exposure to the real world, as they call it, people are going to be harsher about these kinds of things. So, But I will say, you didn't say um, um, um a lot. So that's that's a good sign. So <laughs> your verbal is good. Obviously, every verbal needs work. And every speech is different. Every interaction is different. So just because you do good on one speech doesn't mean the next is going to be good. But... I would say your verbal is, it's. I would say your verbal is in a good spot for now. But your biggest area of opportunity would be your nonverbals. And but the good thing is you know what to work on. If that makes sense. Like to me, when I'm at work, I get I get roasted all the time. I'm. It's like, wait, what are you doing? Like the other week, my my operations man, my boss tells me my biggest weakness is that. I get lost in the operation and I, I don't focus on things. Like I go in and I try to do everything and then it's like, wait, what are you doing? You're doing too much, which is totally fair. I mean, it's like, but also it's not fair because it's like, wait, you're like, you need to focus on what you need to do, delegate or just let certain things like you got to have your priorities in life. Um, so it's like, I have like plenty of weaknesses too and just my general business knowledge i'll get asked questions and i'm just like you know what you got me on that one i don't know i can't tell you how many times i say i don't know at work so i mean you're always going to be learning something if you're not going up you're going down so it's always good to keep that in mind all right what are your thoughts i've I've ranted for a while i want to hear a rant from you before we wrap this up does that sound good uh yeah what do you want me to rant about (laughs) god i don't know um the weather. The weather. Uh, I don't know. All right. How about I got, this? 
I'll give you I'll give you a topic. Give you a topic. So earlier we talked about can you lose your salvation during life and all that predestination. But this is one I've struggled with a bit. I think I might have an idea. I think I know what the answer is. But I'm curious what you have to say. Is it possible to lose your salvation after we die and go to heaven? Is it possible to make it through all this, make it through revelation, get to heaven, and then sin once you're in heaven after, say, millions of years in heaven, you commit a sin, and then finally it's like, well, you sinned. I guess it's off to hell with you. You should have known better. Like, do you think that could be something that could happen? Um, I don't think so, and here's the reason why. Go on. Um, in the new creation, there won't be any sin. There won't be any pain. There won't be any suffering, and Satan will be cast into hell forever. And why did Adam and Eve sin in the first place? Satan was there to tempt them. That's and fair. so, obviously, uh, humans are inherently sinful, but our, when, when we're raised again with Christ and we're a new creation, I think, obviously, I don't know the answer to this because I've you kind of put me on the spot. I haven't done a ton of research into it. But no, neither. I'm just curious what you'd say. Our flesh and, like, that desire that we have will be taken away with our old bodies. And, and in that sense, we won't have the temptation for sin because we're going to be in the presence of God and, like, I don't know, but then you have to go to the other side of it. Well, when when Satan fell, you know, when those angels fell, they were in the presence of God too, and so you have to go down that. Whether that'll happen in the future, but to me, I don't think that that will. You know, it's written in the Bible, like what's going to happen in the future, like the thousand-year reign. It's going to be a perfect reign, and so God wouldn't have written that in the like had that written in the Bible if it wasn't going to be true. Well, we're talking about eternity, not just a thousand years. Well, yeah, but with that part, like when Satan's not there, sin didn't happen. That's kind of where I was going with that. Like, interesting. Okay. When Satan wasn't, when he was in in hell for those thousand years, like there wasn't sin on the earth, and so I think that's 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 my view on it. When 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 we're in eternity in heaven, we're going to be in eternal paradise. We're going to be eternally praising God and worshiping Him. So I don't I don't think that they'll um, be the temptation to sin even do you think it's going to be like an eternal church service uh no i don't i don't i don't think so do you think there will still be some kind of struggle or conflict or like what what i'm curious you know i i these are the uh, while we're already on it while we're already warmed up to the topic of theological discussions what what do you think heaven's going to be like i'm curious what you might have to say yeah that, that's a hard thing because like you know some people are going to sit there and tell you that's going to be like we're just going to be worse like singing worship songs to god all the time but you know i think that heaven is going to be like the garden of eden was and if we we can use that as our like our baseline we can see that god commanded adam to work so i think that there's going to be things that we do in heaven and we're just going to use the way that we act and the way that we live and the things that we do to glorify god and, and honor him and worship him in that way and so mm-hmm. i think that Heaven's not just going to be a time where we sit and play harps on clouds and, and we fly around and, <laughs> and, 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 and praise and sing songs to God. We're going to be able yeah. to worship him in many different ways. And I think it's going to, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's something that I don't know the answer to, but that's kind of my interpretation of it. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, the Bible doesn't really tell us. Yeah. I mean, maybe a few things about heaven, but it doesn't really tell us what it is. I've, I've heard it's like, oh, it's the city. You know, okay, all right, well, that's cool, you know. I mean, obviously it's cool, but yeah, no, it's 
it's one of those things that I guess God just is like, eh, I don't really need to tell you this, so we'll 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 let you know yeah. later, kind of deal. It's like, okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but I still do think like I think heaven will still have. I mean, I don't know. This, this is just me kind of rolling the dice or closing my eyes and throwing a dart um, or shooting in the dark. Um, but I don't know. I still feel like heaven, there'll probably be uh, like work to do. There'll still be sinless conflict, if that makes any sense. Like there'll still be things to build. There will still be like projects to do. And I don't know. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Because even in the Garden of Eden, like Adam had stuff to do and Adam still felt lonely when he didn't have Eve, which feeling lonely, obviously from that show tells us that in of itself is not a sin. We're designed to be relational beings. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But we got to, I assume, a little while. I mean, who knows? We could all die right now or be raptured or whatever you believe on that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm still, I don't, I'm just wait. I'm not sure what stat I'm going to be when I die, whether it be a car crash, a random <laughs> homicide or corona. I'm probably going to get corona. Like if I don't have corona right now, I, I, I don't even know. I just, I interact with so many people. It's like one of them's got to have given it to me already. <laughs> so, so I guess it's a good thing we did this over the phone. <laughs> Stay safe. Yeah, sure. All right. That's all I got for you, kid. Um, So f- to wrap this up, so from today's discussion, or maybe just life in general, Garrett, what is one final piece of advice, you, advice you'd like to offer our audience today? I think you and me obviously engaged in some like deeper, more meaningful conversation than we sure. probably thought we were going to do. But I think yeah, 50, with 50. That, this kind of like showed me too that I need to do, I need to put more deep thought into that kind of stuff because like, you asked a couple of questions I didn't know answers to. And That's so okay. it's my advice would be just to do to understand for yourself and learn for yourself what you believe and why you believe it, because yes. when it comes down to it, I mean, as Christians, we're commanded to do that. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us to have a reason for the hope that lies within us. But, you know, you can't just live off your parents faith or your friends mm-hmm. faith or whatever it may be forever. You need to because people are going to question you and you're going to have to understand why you believe in what you believe. Uh, what you believe and why you believe it. So that would be mm. my final piece of advice. It's actually really good advice. Um, I remember, I guess, two things on that. One, I remember in high school, uh, my small private Christian school, we went on these things called mini terms. And that's just basically a, a glorified vacation or school field trip, if you will. And we went to D.C. And when we were there, my history teacher, who like knows the Bible like the back of his hand, interacted with i believe it was i forget if it was the jehovah's witnesses or the mormons but one of them we were outside the white house so um this was back when obama was in office obviously because trump didn't get until i was in college um uh and they just debated over religious stuff and it was just a very fascinating conversation because like to see a man of that much knowledge go at it with another person in another faith it's like it's like watching like uh uh, UFC, but like with spiritual stuff, because you're like, yeah, get him, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of it, the history teacher gave us all the advice, told us all the most dangerous type of person is someone who not only knows what they believe, but also why they believe it. Because if you know why you believe it, like you can justify it pretty well. So being able to do that, that's actually really good. Um, 
And also number two, it makes me think of this one kid, actually, the I think I've been, yeah, the one I mentioned I've been praying for for a while. Um, I remember once asking him, I was like, so, because he's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I said, okay, so why? And he said, well, I go to church and my dad's in the the worship band. It's like, so I basically told him, I was like, well, you're not a Christian because like, you know, that's not what makes someone a Christian kind of explained a bit on it. So I was like, I don't know where we got with that. But the point is, is like, as you said, knowing what you believe and why, just because like your family has a faith doesn't necessarily mean like it's yours. Like you have to make it your own, you know. So, no, that was actually really good advice, Garrett. I liked it. All right. So do you have any additional shout outs you'd like to give before we uh, officially wrap this up? Um, well, I'd like to shout out my brothers because they're kind of the reason I'm on here because you knew them. So that's probably it's true. Shout out. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably it for now. No? Hey, I'm curious to know, what was the result of the poll? Which poll? The one which who was better? Yeah. Huh. Let me pull that up right now. I'm not going to tell you exactly who voted for who, but I can well, yeah, give yeah. you a guesstimate. Yeah, because if I tell you exactly who, that's a danger. That, that's what we call a dangerous question. Those are Those are <laughs> the type of questions that get people killed. But I will tell you what I see here. How many people uh, voted? The better. Uh, so I got. So I got twelve questions for Andrew and eight for Tyler. <laughs> oh, and I guess looking at this again. So technically, I submitted this less than twenty-four hours ago, and I got another question on here. And this is from. I assume Caleb Fouth, but it's through the the Cedarville Throws page. I don't know. Caleb will sometimes submit questions. I'm like, dude, like, you sure you want to do that on behalf of the Throws page? Um, and it <laughs> says, does he give fire sloppy? I assume you know what that means. Uh, no, I do not. Gosh, I don't know what that means either. Let me Urban Dictionary this one. <laughs> the slang. This is my go-to. Like, if someone says something that I don't know... And it's like slang or, yeah, I act like I know what they're talking about. Then I Urban Dictionary later because I don't want to look stupid in front of the kids. Fire sloppy. What do we got? Can we uh, load, please? Gosh. Yeah, I have no clue what that means. I don't either. Oh, boy. Other suggestions came up. Sorry, we could not find fire sloppy. Does he get fire sloppy? Like, what does that even mean? Let's do sloppy. Probably not. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably not. Sloppy. Okay, let's see. Sloppy. A state of being where one is entirely uh, inebriated beyond comprehension. Memory losses is common. So, oh, basically drunk. So sloppy is drunk. Okay, go figure. Fire. Something that's really good. So do you give really good drunks? I I guess that's what that means. I I don't know. No. <laughs> oh, wait. Never mind. I saw the next one. This isn't good. So, yeah, this is definitely from Caleb Fouth. It's a girl who is the one that you smile at as she sucks your dick. So, gosh, why are we asking these things on my thing? We just talked about Jesus, and then I have to end with this. It's all good. Maybe I should have just ignored that one. <laughs> oh, well. So, so yeah, do you give some fire sloppy, some really good no. all that? No. No. Okay. I respect that. But, yeah, okay, well. Wait until marriage, kids. Okay, well, that's all we got here. So thank you all for listening. Garrett, do you have any 
I guess, closing remarks. I don't know if I want to wrap this up or you have any other additional comments. Uh, well, thanks for uh, having me on. I had a good time. I'm glad mm-hmm. you let me do it. No, of course, my pleasure. It's great to have you here. And thank you, audience, for listening today. That was actually a surprisingly long episode. I didn't think it was going to be that long. But it was an awesome conversation. So thank you all for listening. And we'll, like always, have a nice day.